This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Today is Tuesday, August 11th, 2020. On this day in 1994, a U.S. federal jury awarded nearly $287 million to Alaskan commercial fishermen for the losses they sustained as a result of the devastating Exxon Valdez oil spill. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Today we're covering the 1994 court case that pitted 10,000 Alaskan fishermen against the mighty oil company Exxon. The fishermen claimed damages for the 11 million gallons of crude oil that Exxon's tanker spilled into Alaskan waters. And after five weeks of deliberation, the jury finally came to a verdict. Let's go back to the hearing in Anchorage, Alaska on August 11, 1994. Forty-four-year-old Corey Blake, a herring fisherman, scrambled to find a seat in the packed federal courtroom in Anchorage, Alaska. As the judge banged his wooden gavel, bringing the session to order, the courtroom filled with lawyers, reporters, and many of Corey's fellow Alaskan fishermen. The jury had finished deliberating. Corey and the other fishermen could barely control their excitement. They had waited for this moment for almost five years since the Exxon Valdez oil tanker had run aground in Prince William Sound, dumping 11 million gallons of crude oil on the coast, destroying their jobs and livelihoods. As the judge tried to bring the courtroom to order, Corey noticed the attorneys for Exxon saunter in late, wearing their expensive suits. They whispered to each other in disdain for the blue-collar fishermen. Corey's hands, scarred and calloused from years of working on fishing nets, clenched into fists. He wanted to jump into the aisle and strangle their necks. But before Corey could do anything, the judge announced the verdict. The jury recommended that the Exxon Corporation pay $286.8 million for the damages caused by the oil spill. Many in the courtroom burst into a cheer of relief and celebration, but Corey and the other fishermen were outraged. The verdict was significantly less than the $895 million that they had demanded. Tears came to Corey's eyes. After attorney's fees and taxes, he and the other local fishermen would barely have a few thousand dollars each to pay for the damage Exxon had caused. But to understand the background of this settlement, we need to go back five years to the evening of March 23, 1989.
It was a cool evening in the port of Valdez, Alaska, as 42-year-old Captain Joseph Hazelwood climbed aboard the Exxon Valdez oil tanker. It was a massive 987-foot ship, but Hazelwood was a veteran captain and was familiar with the route from Valdez to Long Beach, California. As Hazelwood made his rounds on the ship, the deck crew were topping off its payload, 53 million gallons of crude oil. When Hazelwood arrived at the bridge, the main control center of the ship, he performed a checklist of safety steps. He checked the weather reports and Coast Guard advisories for the area. Hazelwood noted that there were reports of large ice flows that had broken off the nearby Columbia Glacier. Some large chunks were threatening the shipping lane, but the ice was of minimal concern as the ship was equipped with high-tech sonar, radar, and autopilot. After safety checks, Hazelwood briefed his crew on the routine journey down to Long Beach, and at 9 p.m., the ship was untethered from the dock. On the way out of Valdez, a tugboat and a special boat pilot navigated the ship through the tricky port. The boat pilot, in later testimony, would state that he smelled a strong odor of alcohol on Hazelwood, but at the time, it didn't seem like cause for concern. So with the ship safely out of Valdez, the port pilot disembarked onto the tugboat and turned the ship over to Captain Hazelwood. Hazelwood and his crew waved goodbye to the tug, and the Exxon Valdez was on its way. Once in the shipping lane, Hazelwood radioed the Coast Guard. He planned to alter course to avoid the ice flows. The Coast Guard approved the plan. Then Hazelwood made a drastic mistake. He turned command of the ship over to 25-year-old Gregory Cousins, a third mate. Hazelwood knew that Cousins wasn't licensed to captain a ship, but he told the young man to keep an eye on it while he went to his cabin for a break. Cousins, who aspired to be a captain someday, was thrilled. He took the helm as Hazelwood disappeared below decks, reportedly to continue drinking alcohol in his cabin. For close to an hour, Cousins and another young sailor, Robert Kagan, kept watch over the ship. They didn't have to do much since the ship was set on autopilot, but then shortly before midnight, an alarm sounded. Cousins and Kagan panicked. At first, they weren't sure what was happening. Then they realized the ship was off course and they were headed straight for Bly Island. They switched off the autopilot and tried to turn the ship back to its proper course. Cousins reached for the ship's phone and dialed Captain Hazelwood's cabin. Cousins told Hazelwood that there was a problem. Hazelwood yelled to turn hard left. The crew tried to change the ship's course, but it was too late. At four minutes past midnight on March 24th, the steel hull of the Exxon Valdez slammed into Bly Reef. The sound was deafening as steel scraped against the rocky seabed. The whole ship shook and shuddered, and then it stopped dead in the water. Captain Hazelwood and the crew knew they had just run aground. The only question now was how much damage had been caused. 
Coming up, the aftermath of the largest environmental disaster at the time. Hi, listeners. There's a new Spotify original from Parcast you do not want to miss. It's called Very Presidential with Ashley Flowers, and it uncovers the most damning details surrounding history's most high-profile leaders. Every Tuesday through the 2020 election, host Ashley Flowers shines a light on the darker side of the American presidency. From torrid love affairs and contemptible corruption to shocking cover-ups and even murder, she'll expose the personal and professional controversies you may never knew existed. You'll hear some wildly true stories about presidents such as Richard Nixon, Thomas Jefferson, Teddy Roosevelt, JFK, and more. Very Presidential highlights the exploits you never learned in history class, but probably should have. Family drama, personal vices, dirty secrets. These presidents may have run, but they most certainly can't hide. Follow the fantastic new series, Very Presidential with Ashley Flowers, free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now, back to the story. On August 11, 1994, a jury awarded $286.8 million in damages for the Exxon Valdez oil spill. But it was a fraction of what the plaintiffs had asked for, considering the catastrophic damage caused by the crash. When the oil tanker smashed into a reef in Prince William Sound, the hull of the ship had been sliced open, and eight of the holding tanks dumped thousands of gallons of crude oil into the bay. Hazmat crews and containment experts were dispatched to the scene. They tried to stop the oil flowing out of the hull, but it took days to plug the leaks. When Coast Guard officials questioned Captain Hazelwood sometime around 9.30 in the morning, almost 10 hours after the crash, his blood alcohol level still registered at 0.06%. Under federal law and Coast Guard regulations, it's illegal for a boat captain's blood alcohol level to be above 0.04%. But by that time, the damage had been done. Oil was pouring out of the hull at hundreds of gallons per minute. By the time it was stopped, 11 million gallons of oil would be in the bay. The tides and currents would eventually spread the oil slick along 1,300 miles of Alaska. It was an environmental and ecological disaster. Prince William Sound had been a coastal paradise of fish and wildlife, but now it was a dead zone. Scientists estimated that the spill killed over 250,000 seabirds, 3,000 sea otters, 300 seals, 250 bald eagles, and 22 killer whales. In addition, the oil killed millions of salmon, herring, cod, lobsters, shrimp, and many aquatic species that the local fishermen relied on. 
Besides the environmental collapse, the spill caused massive economic damage to Alaska. Some experts pegged the loss at almost $3 billion. Demanding restitution for the damage, Alaskan fishermen and business owners battled Exxon in court for years. And so, on August 11, 1994, when Corey Blake and the other fishermen heard the settlement of $286.8 million, they knew the fight wasn't over. Exxon would continue to appeal the verdicts for 10 more years until a federal appeals court in San Francisco, California, upheld the verdict. For his part in the tragedy, Captain Hazelwood was convicted of negligent discharge of oil, fined $50,000, and sentenced to 1,000 hours of community service. It was small consolation to the fishermen and marine environment who were destroyed by his poor judgment. Even now, over 25 years since the spill, the fishing industry in Prince William Sound has not fully recovered. There are still beaches contaminated with oil, and scientists say that pockets of crude oil still exist on the ocean floor. As a result, the Exxon Valdez oil spill is still considered one of the biggest environmental disasters in human history. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Today in True Crime is a ParCast original. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Today in True Crime, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Joshua Kern. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Adam De Silva, with writing assistance by Abigail Cannon. I'm Vanessa Richardson. It's the most powerful position in American politics, and arguably the world. But behind the oath to preserve, protect, and defend lie dark secrets posed to leave some legacies in disgrace. Don't forget to check out the new Spotify original from Parcast, Very Presidential with Ashley Flowers. Every Tuesday through the 2020 election, host Ashley Flowers shines a light on the darker side of the American presidency, exposing wildly true stories about history's most high-profile leaders. To hear more, follow Very Presidential with Ashley Flowers, free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.